Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Tagenda, your weekly plus recap of the pop culture shit you need to know so that you're not boring. My name is Tatenda and I'm your host, so let's hop to it. And welcome to a brand new episode of the Tagenda. We are coming at you with the third Tagenda Tuesday in a row. I am so excited about this, and we have a lot to talk about. Coachella happened this past weekend. There's a lot to discuss from that. Um, we also had a lot of developments with Scandal. We also had a lot of really interesting magazine covers I'd like to talk about. So we got we got a hop too. We got a lot to discuss. Quick reminder that if you would like to support this podcast, you can find our Patreon. I have it linked in the comments. Please support this podcast. Uh, Two levels, $3 or $6. $6 comes with cool free content. So with that reminder, let's get to it. The sads. This week's The Sads isn't more so sad. It is sad, but it's also just really, really disturbing. The drama centers around a visual artist named David Cho, who is in a Netflix series called Beef. Beef has been critically acclaimed. It is apparently a brilliant, brilliant show. I know many people who have enjoyed it. Its ratings are very high everywhere I look. Um, However, David Cho is a well-known artist who also has basically self-admitted to raping a masseuse and also been on a podcast with a um an adult film actress who was advocating for the rape of a 13 year old boy it was really sick to listen to yes i watched the clips myself um i don't recommend any of you do this however david cho has been under a lot of fire for the show with people calling for the show to be boycotted because of his sexual crimes that he admitted to but never was prosecuted Four. And David Cho has responded by saying, hey, that was a long time ago. I was mentally ill and I have sought treatment since then. I'm really sickened by my behavior. I don't believe in rape, etc. I have done a lot of thinking about how to even present this because many things can be true, right? You can be mentally ill, but like not everyone who's mentally ill rapes people and brags about it on platforms, right? Like that's Those two things, like being mentally ill is not an excuse for the sexual violence against others. It's also disturbing to me how people are automatically claiming that the show itself needs to be protested against or that the show needs to have consequences when the show isn't David Cho's show uniquely, right? And I think that this show is very important for representation of Asian characters and any time that you get to see minority characters portrayed with the depth and range and width of white characters that we see, I think that art becomes important. And I don't see how punishing a brilliant series brings about consequences for David Cho, right? I do think that the performances of the main actors and the folks who did the casting need to speak to why they supported this specific actor. But I don't, I don't see how harming this great piece of content leads to any kind of justice for David Cho's victims because I do not think that his sexual crimes are limited to these instances, right? And I also don't think that he fully comprehends how gross his behavior was and that he cannot use mental illness to excuse it. I also think that Joe Rogan 
is getting off pretty scot-free in this controversy because he has a podcast with David Cho that I was forced to listen to in an Uber before all of this drama broke. Yes, what a coincidence. I don't listen to Joe Rogan on my own. I don't like the dude. And I was trapped in an Uber on the way home the other week and was like, what the fuck am I listening to? This is disgusting. Googled it and was like, this is not acceptable. And no one's talking about how he was a total proponent and advocate for him doing a lot of art that was reflective of sexual harassment and sexual crimes. I, it's disgusting. I, I don't know what the solution is here. Everything just feels gross to me. However, I also don't think that holding the show itself to account and telling people not to watch it and to boycott it is also the answer either. Um, I think one is more harmful, not more harmful, but I think there's just a lot of harm happening in this situation. It's really disturbing. Time for the goss. (sighs) Let's move on. The goss, Coachella. This I feel like was the first real like post-pandemic era feeling Coachella. We had drama, we had intrigue, we had romances on romances. And it, it was living. I was living for the Coachella goss. I'm going to keep it to the things that I care the most about. But I'm going to start with the funniest thing to me. So I was watching Twitter, as I do on Coachella weekend, number one. And there was this hilarious like rumor going around that Haley Bieber was like flirting with her security. So I'm like, let me check out this video. Y'all, Justin Bieber looks like he was dying. He looks like his molly went a little left in his system and he could no longer carry on. The man's was coming down from something and he was not well. Haley seemed to me to be signaling to the security guy to take a look at her husband without indicating to him that she's seeking help, right? Like it seemed to me that she was just trying to get her husband a little extra support or she thought that he was about to you know, maybe not pass out, but just be a little cranky, not be willing to go, needed a little extra support, maybe a little help getting out of there. The fact that people took this as flirting, y'all don't have game if you thought that was flirting. And that's it. Other romances that have been spotted at Coachella. We had Kendall Jenner and Bad Bunny. Hurts my heart a little bit. But you know what? I mean, it just hurts my heart a little bit. And Camilla and Shawn Mendes have apparently gotten back together at Coachella. So I'm excited to see if any of these romances actually continue in the public eye. The other piece about Coachella that I really loved is that there was an influencer whose name I I cannot remember who was talking about how other influencers fake it at Coachella. And I love this because you can almost tell when you look at Coachella content who actually went to the concerts And who was there to do the brand events and take the photos in the desert and not actually go see the music? Which, if that's what you got to do to make your coin, okay, but why would you not want to go see all of those amazing shows? I would want to see all the amazing shows. If you're going to pay to be out there, you might as well go see some amazing music. Get in there. But yeah, people be faking actually going to Coachella. They just go to Palm Desert, take a couple photos, maybe get themselves into one of the brand events that are there. That way they look like they're in the mix and then they get out. Um, I will talk about the Vanderpump Rules drama in the Scandal section. So stay tuned, stay tight. I did not forget about the thing that I loved the most about Coachella weekend. On to the next. Sunday night. 
was just a night for television. It was the angriest I'd seen Instagram and Twitter at the same time. If you live on a rock, which under a rock, which you might because you listen to this podcast, Netflix's Love is Blind was supposed to host a live reunion. I was wondering how Netflix would know how to produce live television since they don't do that on the regular. It turns out they don't know how to produce live television. That is what we learned because the live stream was broke for an entire hour and then everybody had to go watch Succession at 9 p.m. So the reunion ended up being recorded and posted, which is what they should have done from the jump. Netflix live TV ain't for you. You cannot do this to people again. I think you will have a revolt. But it was really funny for me to watch people get that upset. I would have been upset if I had been watching the season too. So I get it. But why did we expect Netflix to be able to pull off live television? Make it make sense. You may remember if you are an OG reader of the Degenda when it was a newsletter or were following the news that about a year and a half ago, tragically, Alec Baldwin accidentally shot and killed a cinematographer on a movie set with a gun. So they were shooting a set, a scene that involved a gun shooting, and there was actually a bullet in the chamber that, when Baldwin pulled the trigger for the movie, actually emitted a bullet and then shot someone. Um, she very tragically died on set, and Alec Baldwin, as an executive producer and the person who pulled the trigger was charged with I believe manslaughter for this crime um the charges were dropped this week because apparently new evidence has come forward in the case that they believe made them unable to charge him with this crime so I think we'll see what happens next I know that they also had charges against the person who was the weapons handler on set and so I don't know if they will be filing different charges, if they are dropping all charges against Alec Baldwin. So we'll just have to see what these new facts are that have resurfaced and whether or not Alec Baldwin will have any legal culpability for the passing, extremely tragic uh, passing and killing of this woman. So stay tuned. We'll see. Oh, boy, man, y'all are weird. So Marquez Houston, he was in a boy, not even a boy band, but like an R&B group called Immature they were very young, hence the name Immature, in the 90s. He also was played Roger on Sister Sister. He's now 40. So he's a contemporary of mine. I'm 35. I grew up listening to Immature. I grew up watching Sister Sister. He's 40. And the internet is a light because he just got married to a 19-year-old who he met when she was 17, and he claims nothing happened. It's giving Kylie Jenner and Tyga only worse because he's 40. Like, what grown man at 38 is like, let me date this 17-year-old, and we don't think he's sick. He is claiming... If I had dated someone my age, they come with baggage and kids and like, you know, a mature brain. They make me think like you're just a weak dude. You're just a gross, weak man. And he just looks like such a chump. Gross. Just gross. Our queen, Megan Thee Stallion, is on the cover issue of Elle this month. She has written a personal essay about the Tory Lanez drama and all that she has endured and gone through. The last year or so in dealing with just craziness from fans about this trial and her mental health, she said this is the only time that she is going to speak on this. So I think if you have an opportunity to read her essay, it's really great. It underscores for me just how much the media and fandom fails black women who are victims of abuse. And before you're like, no, things have gotten better. They really haven't. Like from Tina Turner to Rihanna to Megan Thee Stallion, like 
none of these men have actually been punished in society and women all the time are just getting clowned on or held responsible for violence against them. That might be a theme of this agenda. I don't know. It just, it's ridiculous to me that she had to endure so much when, why couldn't she be believed that Tori shot her? He shot her. I've been saying it for years. And finally, a jury of her peers agreed. So hopefully you can read this, um, be inspired and send Megan the Stallion some love. She's been dealing with a lot and believe women. I do my best not to make this podcast all about Real Housewives news, but this news is actually newsworthy. Erica Jane, who is a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, now has a residency. You might be wondering, Tatenda, why do I give a shit? Why is this important? Let me tell you, it's important. Erica Jane was married to a man named Tom. Now, you will note that there are many evil Toms on Bravo. In fact, of all the Toms on Bravo, there's only one good one, but I digress. I digress. Back to her husband, Tom. Her husband, Tom, was a very, very famous lawyer in California who made a name for suing big, big companies that had done terrible things to people and getting large settlements that then were allegedly going to the victims of these crimes. It turns out that as Tom was winning these lawsuits, he was stealing the money from the victims and using it to fund his overly lavish lifestyle that many thought was because of his wife, Erica Jane. So the show has documented their life together probably for the last like six years, six, seven years. And she talks about how wealthy she is and how great it is to be her and how she has so much money and she flies private anywhere. And guess what? All of that was funded by money that was supposed to be settled out to victims of plane crashes, victims of um, fires that were at the fault of a company, just people who've been through unimaginable shit. He was just stealing all their money. So now Erica Jane has this... um, show in Vegas, a residency in Vegas. She also was a music star and it's alleged that she used the LLC that um, paid for her music career to launder essentially the money um, that Tom was stealing from his victims. So in case you're wondering, maybe she's using the show to make restitution. Nah, she doesn't even believe that like some of these people are actually victims. She's a cold, cold woman. So I don't wish her well. I'm curious to see what happens. And concluding with a Scandaball update. One, Ariana at Coachella. She debuted a new man on her socials. He seems extremely attractive. He doesn't seem to like bathe in cigarettes, booze, and cocaine. So I'm so happy for her. He is extremely attractive and apparently lives in New York. And she just seemed so joyful. And I just want her, her to have all of the joy. Um, a bit of an update on last week as well. I told you that um, Rachel had said she checked into a mental health facility. That was a lie. She went to a wellness resort. So the rumor about her being at a spa was in fact true. And her team has can now add lying about mental health treatment to their long-running long-running list of lies, including the fact that Sheena punched her, that she has a permanent scar on her face from the assault, that she's sorry for what she did, a whole long list of lies. Her PR team is terrible. And if I were her PR team and I was going to lie about putting someone in a mental health facility, I would make sure that person was never to be seen. Like you go in a basement You do not go to wellness resorts. You do not be seen having a good time. You are, in fact, unseen because you are supposed to be in a mental health facility. So her PR team sucks. She does need to go to a mental health facility. Her man's also sucks by continuing to bring attention to them by posting at the wellness retreat, the archery, and her voice in it. They all are sloppy and stupid. 
And I just, just stop thinking that the public are that dumb. Like we're not as dumb as you or smarter than you. Get a better PR team. Thanks. Well, folks, that was a lot. It took me a while to record all of this. I am parched. I need to go sip some water or better yet, some liquid IV. No, they don't sponsor this podcast. They should because I sell a lot of liquid IV on my own. It's great to just quench your thirst, get your electrolytes in the sun, cure your hangover. Anyway, that's the last time I do free content for them. But... I hope you enjoyed listening. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the week. Again, um, follow us at the Tagenda on Instagram, or you can support us at Patreon. XOXO besties, I'll miss you. Bye.